What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. This is episode 61, and I'm your host, Simon Villanos. And you know what? We have the week one recap of Colorado football right here for y'all. So we're going to go division by division. We're going to talk about the games we went to this week. Uh, I went to one middle school game technically this week, so I'll talk briefly about that. And, you know, we'll talk about you know, some of the key games in each division, some of the teams that we covered as well, and then talk about player of the week players for each division here. And then, yeah, and then, you know what? I'll actually have Mason Austin on uh, to talk about our game of the week uh, on the 5A level, which also happens to have our player of the week from that 5A level as well. And so that'll be at the end here. Um, But you know what? Let's go ahead and get this started. I'm going to go ahead and talk about this middle school game real quick here. And so I got to see the Aurora Spartans face off with, I believe, the Bruins. I want to say they are related to Cherry Creek, Um, but it's it's not like their A team, I would say. I guess it's more so their B team. Regardless, though, I went to watch DJ Bordeaux play quarterback and uh, watch some of his teammates as well because this is a this is a very good Aurora Spartans team, which I believe will be going to Grandview High School, if I'm not mistaken. But here, let me just break it down real quick, talk about it real quick. So, first half, really not a lot going on. Uh, both teams were kind of off, especially the Spartans, I would say. DJ, he had some great reads, you know, he was throwing it to the right people, but it just seemed like he was a little off, like he was just missing players here and there, there was like at least, I want to say a three or four play, I want to say it was more of a three play in a row kind of deal where, you know, he found the right guy three straight times, um, but it was just too high, or it was, the ball just got away from him, and so kind of a rough uh, first half to start off. Then the second half gets going, um, the Aurora Spartans, they score twice, I want to say, off of rushing touchdowns, one of them being DJ um, scoring on a rushing touchdown, and then I want to say the Bruins go ahead and score once, and then at the end there, you know, this is, the Spartans close it out in the fourth quarter. DJ, he makes an excellent, like, 30 or 40-yard throw uh, deep uh, for a touchdown and whatnot, finding his guy. And so, you know, altogether, not bad. Uh, DJ Bordeaux, if you do not know the name, go check it out. You know, just go type it in on YouTube and whatnot. He is an extremely talented player. He's going to be one of the most talented players, if not the most talented player ever in um, in Colorado football history here once he gets on to that high school level. But, you know, he was spinning it. He was doing a good job compared to last year. He has improved. I did actually do a breakdown on DJ um, a bit ago. You know, he was the first middle school quarterback, middle school player that we ever did a breakdown on. And so, you know, you could check that out if you want and then go ahead and check out his highlights to kind of compare because he has come a long way and he's going to be somebody that's going to have a pretty good season um, moving forward here. And actually... Me and uh, me and the Playmakers Corner crew here is looking to make it to as many of his games as possible uh, to cover, you know, his team. And so that will be kind of our middle school segment for really for this this fall, I want to say. That and the Junior Buffs. We'll go to a couple of Junior Buffs game uh, with Trent Seaborn, and Micah Fleming, all of them, um, seventh graders over there. So we'll, we'll hope to make it to those. But, you know, either way, though, even though it was kind of a tough start, Spartans pull out the dub. They do not play next week, but they play the following week. And so, you know, we'll cover that whenever we get there. 
But I'll wrap that up. Let's go ahead and talk about the 1A football from this past week. Week 1 of the 2021 Colorado High School football season. So I have a couple games here that I listed down that stood out to me. And so on Thursday, Buena Vista opened up against Salida. Um, they took care of business, beat them 47-0. to um, <laughs> they, they they put in a lot of work, you know. Hayden Camp, I got to see him and Phelps and Tucker Storms and all them cats um, play against Manitou Springs in a preseason game. They looked pretty good here and so obviously that is coming that is coming over that uh, that momentum from uh, that last preseason game and from last season as well. Hayden Camp did say that they're clicking pretty well and so no surprises here. They get the shutout. Defense plays extremely well and take care of business Thursday night. Now let me go ahead and move on to Friday. So Friday we saw Centauri take care of Ray the 28 to 14. I know Cody and I talked about that. Centauri is one of our uh, contenders actually going into this season. They have that star running back Mason Clonch over there and now you know for a lot of these games I don't know why Colorado is like this they haven't updated the box score or did a scoring breakdown or whatever and so there are definitely some games where you don't where we don't have any stats and so that's kind of how it is with that Centauri versus Ray game but Centauri takes care of business like we expected we knew Ray was going to be you know a decent test and so they will go ahead and win that home opener Alright, and so let's go ahead and talk about this next game here that kind of stood out. Strasburg versus Platte Valley. I believe they were playing in Platte Valley. Uh, Strasburg loses a close one. Loses 7-18. to 18. Uh, Honestly, at the end of the day, you know, Strasburg had like something like 283 total yards in offense. Platte Valley only had 155. Uh, I know Strasburg had like two or three fumbles there as well. Two of those were recovered. And so kind of a sloppy game for Strasburg. Uh, but also Platte Valley, they're a good squad, you know. They're always going to be a decent squad. They're a team that we talked about in our 1A preview, I want to say. They're a team that could go ahead and upset some teams. And so um, not a bad loss, though, you know. Strasburg is 1A. Platte Valley, I believe, is 2A. And so, you know, take what you want from there. But definitely a winnable game for Strasburg. Strasburg will be looking to bounce back next week. Hopefully play a cleaner game and finish off some of their drives. But, you know, only lost by two scores, so nothing to be ashamed of here. And then the last 1A game that I want to mention, it also contains our player of the week for the 1A level. And that is Wiggins versus Highland. Wiggins goes ahead and beats Highland 38-21. to and uh, part of this was because of the offensive explosion that came from quarterback, junior quarterback, that is Cole Kerr. He went 14, to, uh, 14 of 22 for 225 passing yards and four passing touchdowns. He also ran for 115 rushing yards on 15 carries and a rushing touchdown. Because of that, this 6'2", 180-pound junior quarterback from Wiggins, Cole Kerr, is our 1A player of the week for week one of this 2021 Colorado football season super well deserved now that's a name that we're gonna have to keep an eye on you know you don't see that kind of stat line every day you know that's a that's a very much a good dual threat stat line right there if I do say so myself so yeah so that's the 1a level uh obviously a lot of the 1a teams did not I, well, at least I feel like a lot of 1A teams did not play this first week. I'm talking Holyoke, Lyman, uh, those cats. And so looking forward to seeing more 1A football next week. But 
with that being said, let's go ahead and talk about two-way football here. So on the two-way level, we're going to go ahead and start on Friday night. Uh, Basalt takes on Woodland Park and take care of them. 35-6, to actually. And Woodland Park, they're a pretty solid squad. And so for Basalt to come out here and make that statement in their opener, in their season opener... That's pretty big. Uh, Kate Schneider, the quarterback for Basalt, he did not have the greatest pass uh, completion percentage. Only went 6 for 25, but he went 6 for 25 for 67 yards and three passing touchdowns. No picks in this game, so a very clean game. Basalt takes care of business uh, and takes care of Woodland Park 35-6. to Now this next game here, we've talked about on our 2A preview kind of a bit. And so it was Resurrection Christian versus Sterling. And so uh, I don't know if everyone has seen this update, but Resurrection Christian's quarterback, Will Schrodenborg, he is in Texas right now. I believe he's playing 5A football or something like that. So, wishing him all the best of luck. But Resurrection Christian was going in with a new quarterback. They still got that boy Eddie Lemos and all of them. And so, this is still a good squad. But, surprisingly, they go in and beat Sterling 42-0. to Not allowing a single points scored actually by the end of the second quarter res was leading 35 to 0 unfortunately there are no stats available at this point but you gotta think eddie lemos he did his thing and you know for sterling to lose this bad that's a little surprising i know they were losing jackson keel i mentioned him in that 2a preview he is not going to be playing football this year unfortunately he'll be focusing more on basketball and so you know for sterling they kind of got to find um that that other uh, offensive weapon for them they have a quarterback in Roddick McCracken I think but now they gotta find that next weapon and so Sterling they go on to play Eden this next week September 2nd on Thursday at 7 p.m. in Eden I believe I will be there um I as in Simon will be there to see Eden uh play Sterling so we'll see if Sterling could potentially bounce back here, but they are playing a really tough Eden team that did not play week one, so we'll just have to see what goes down there. Now, heading back down south, we have TCA versus Alamosa. TCA takes care of business 38-13 to in their opener. The running game proved to be too much for Alamosa as multiple players had key gains running the ball. I'm talking about 20-plus yard runs here and there between uh, the, their quarterback, Sam Giles, uh, obviously their star running back, Cade Palmer, and I think their backup running back that Cody talked about got in there, got in some carries. But either way, TCA takes care of business versus Alamosa and beat them 38-13. to Now let's go ahead and talk about Manitou Springs here. Unfortunately, they lose a pretty close one to Rye, 21-20. to I believe at one point they're up by 14 or something like that, and then Rye was able to come back, and so um, lost a tough one there, but I believe they'll bounce back here in these next couple weeks. And then here's another very, very surprising uh, game here. Palisade beats Rifle 35-3, to and they just dominate them. And Rifle, they were a team that we had as a contender, and so for Palisade to do this is a huge statement. And so the player of the week, is actually from this game. Uh, the player of the week for the 2A level, that is. And that's running back. And please, excuse me if I say this wrong. But I believe it's Fallon uh, Salati. He exploded for 160 rushing yards 
on eight carries and had three touchdowns as well. He is our 2A player of the week for week one of this Colorado 2021 football season and now shout out to um his fellow running back Rhett Ward who also went off for 95 yards on 10 carries and two touchdowns the defense played really well against rifle putting together three sacks and uh Franklin Barks getting two interceptions and so that was big time Palisade is a team that Cody and I acknowledged would be pretty solid going into this year but this kind of showed us a lot by beating rifle this bad 35 to 3 and so this is a statement game and for that they're running back Salati he will be our 2A player of the week so that'll wrap up the 2A games let's go ahead and jump into the 3A games here okay so on the 3A level um not covering a whole ton of games only only covering like three games here uh, I feel like these three games are the most important ones the other games were games that I kind of feel like are pretty like you know like the outcome should have happened like me beating whoever they played by a lot you know or Roosevelt uh, all that Frederick you know so I'm not going to cover those but I'm going to cover these three games right here right now and so let's go ahead and get started with Holy Family winning a pretty close game over Pueblo South, they beat him 34-27. Uh, Holy Family's quarterback, Tyler Stevens, actually went 7-16 for 16 for 220 yards. Did have one pick, though. But Jacob Lover, that safety we have talked about and mentioned over and over again on offense. He made a pretty big impact, running for 114 yards on 13 carries. But Holy Family pulls out a pretty close win against a Pueblo South team that has a lot of good athletes over there, specifically in Jay Spella. And so, not a bad game to go ahead and get under your belt. That was low-key a game that I think would have been a toss-up game, if anything. And so, that's good that Holy Family goes ahead and takes care of business there. Now, this next game is definitely a little bit of a shock. I won't talk about it too much just because the stats, unfortunately, aren't listed here and the recap either. But Glenwood Springs shocks Harrison 41 to 13, uh, beating them on basically all rushing touchdowns. You know, Harrison, they just couldn't get it going, and then the game kind of just slowly got away from them as it progressed. And so it wasn't like they just had a horrible quarter where they exploded for all these touchdowns. It just got away from them. And so tough game, but Harrison will bounce back. Glenwood Springs will use this momentum going forward. Now, this last game here. As you can notice in most of these, uh, the last game I talk about will contain our player of the week. And so, just keep that in mind. But this last game here is an out-of-state game, actually. So, Lutheran went out-of-state to Missouri to go ahead and play um, another team, ironically, named Lutheran. Cody and I talked about that. And I had the privilege of, uh, you know, DMing and messaging some of these players a little bit before their game. Um, I messaged them on Thursday, I want to say, and we talked a little bit there, and they were ready. But they came ready to play, beating a very good team in Missouri. 35-14 to 14 in a dominant showing by Clayton Jacobs, who is our 3A Player of the Week for this 2021 Colorado football season week one, it will be Clayton Jacobs, the quarterback for Lutheran. He had a solid 220 
or sorry, 230 passing yard game. He had two touchdowns, only one pick, but he also contributed 75 rushing yards and a touchdown on 15 carries. And so this Lutheran team came to play. Uh, Dorian Pacheco, I think, also had two touchdowns that he contributed. And then I believe the defense returned a fumble for a touchdown. And so a very dominant showing for Lutheran here. Cody and I talked about this, how, you know, this out-of-state game will probably be their hardest game of the regular season. So it's important for them to play their best. That's exactly what they did. They took care of business in Missouri and now are coming back home to Colorado to play the rest of their regular season schedule. So very good game for Lutheran. And once again, our week one player of the week for the 3A level is quarterback Clayton Jacobs of Lutheran High School. So congrats to him. Now coming up, we're going to talk about the 4A level here. Alright, so on the 4A level, I have the most games to talk about here. There are a lot of fantastic performances here. A lot of teams really, you know, stepped it up and showed what they got. And then uh, there are some teams that made some great uh, comeback wins and whatnot. And so we're going to talk about all of that right here. Beginning on Thursday, start out the season, you know, we had Air Academy take on Liberty. Now, I did a breakdown on the I-25 League. I talked about this game. I basically predicted Air Academy beating Liberty because they were returning a lot of the same players. And you know what? That's basically what they what they did. You know, Air Academy, I believe they won something like 35-14 to 14, uh, before the game ended due, due to a lightning delay in the third quarter. But Air Academy running back, Sam Beers, he went off for 186 rushing yards and four touchdowns through three quarters. And so, got to talk about that performance. Uh, he had an electrifying one. He is a running back that we've had our eyes on since last year. And so, we're looking for him to have another great year this year. And so, Air Academy goes ahead and takes care of business over at Liberty. Now, the other game on this Thursday night... Palmer Ridge takes on Pueblo East up in Monument. Um, basically, they won 49-14 to in a pretty convincing win. Uh, athlete Anthony Costanzo, he plays wide receiver and safety. He's one of the top athletes in the state. He had two touchdowns. And then the new quarterback for Palmer High School, or sorry, Palmer Ridge High School, uh, is uh, quarterback Derek Hester. He had three passing touchdowns and I believe a rushing touchdown as well. And then there are a couple other guys who put in rushing touchdowns as well, including including Gator Robinson. And so Palmer Ridge go ahead and shows that they are ready to play this football season, takes care of business against Pueblo East, gets in a lot of playing time for a lot of their different players over there. Now let's go ahead and talk about the Friday night games here. So I hated that I could not find the stats or the recaps uh, by the by the time I had to make this episode, at least, for this game. But Dakota Ridge went out of state. They went to Florida to play First Coast High School. And they beat them 23-20 to in a thriller. You know, Coach Woji did say they were a very good team. Super fast and strong, as most Florida teams are. And so for Dakota Ridge to go out of state and win 23-20, to that's big time, you know. And as of right now, Colorado, at least in the games that I've been talking about so far, are 2-0 and in out-of-state games. And so you love to see that Dakota Ridge, they took care of that business, and they will be going next week to play Vista Ridge in Colorado Springs. Um, oh, man. On Friday, September 3rd, me and the entire Playmakers Corner crew will be out there. And then, spoiler alert, that will actually be our game of the week. But we'll talk about that later. 
Moving on, though, um, Broomfield gets upset by Golden 29-22. Golden actually went up by 22 points pretty quickly, and Broomfield did not score until the fourth quarter. Um, the stats and all the information about this game is all over the place. I'm not even going to lie. And so, you know, I'm just talking to all the Colorado people out there that are supposed to be up to date with their stats. Make sure you are. But it seemed like Cole crew maybe wasn't playing in this game or it was subbed out because uh jackson ball bhl i want to say did the majority of the scoring for broomfield uh primarily in the fourth quarter i think he had a pair of rushing touchdowns also had a passing touchdown all of that came in the fourth quarter but broomfield uh drops one versus golden in an upset we'll have to see how this team moves forward what the deal is with cola crew right now um but yeah i don't know just a very uncharacteristic loss they're going to look to bounce back next week. And speaking of losing, Longmont gets into a shootout with Chatfield, but they lose 43-49. to And now I have to talk about the stats here because if it wasn't for them losing, this player probably would have been our player of the week for the 4A level. But that's quarterback Keegan Patterson. Uh, first off, he won 27-41 for 41 for 385 passing yards, uh, threw a touchdown, and threw a pick as well. But he also rushed 21 times for 81 yards and 5 touchdowns. And so Keegan Patterson was doing it all for this Longmont team. But unfortunately, Chatfield proved to be too much. They had a running back committee type of deal, and they won it that way with multiple players scoring uh, via rushing touchdowns. And so, unfortunately, Longmont loses a fantastic shootout, a fantastic game, really, to Chatfield 43-49. to um, speaking of losing as well and blowing some leads here, we have Greeley Central. They play Niwot. They're up 14 to 0, I believe, at one point. But Niwot actually came back and won 21 to 14 in a pretty frustrating loss where two scores were called back for Greeley Central. And so, arguably, that's definitely, well, if two scores are coming back, then, you know, those are definitely uh, pretty important. You know, and so this was a winnable game for Greeley Central. Not a bad showing and whatnot, but they got to build on this. Um, unfortunately, they still lost. And so now I want they just barely got that dub. Greeley Central will look to build on this game moving forward. Now, I did not plan on talking about this game, but I feel like I have to because I made this prediction. Palmer beats Mitchell 35 to 9. Behind an excellent performance from running back Joe Naple of Palmer. Um, if you look at my I-25 League prediction, I definitely said Palmer wasn't going to win a game. But if they were to win one, this Mitchell game would look pretty interesting. That might be the game that they would win. And so they went ahead and not only did they win, but they dominated. And so you love to see it. Joe Naple, he went off as the running back. Don't have the specific stats here, but I know he had multiple rushing touchdowns to power this Palmer High School team past Mitchell. Uh, and then lastly, staying kind of in Colorado Springs, I want to say, or in Southern Colorado, Pine Creek shuts down Pueblo West. 27-0. Pueblo West did not score a single time uh, with Pine Creek playing excellent defense. But on the offensive side, uh, quarterback Josiah Roy for 
Pine Creek. I believe he's a senior. Had a near-perfect game going 13 for 15 for 136 passing yards, two passing touchdowns. Also added on 48 rushing yards on five carries. Uh, his running back, Zion Hill, uh, he ran for 125 yards on 23 carries and a touchdown. Also caught three passes for 31 yards and a touchdown. So Pine Creek goes ahead and takes care of Pueblo West 27-0. Now, I don't exactly remember how we predicted this game, but me and Cody both knew this would kind of be a close one, and if Pine Creek could win their season opener, then they'd have that momentum moving forward. And so I uh, didn't think they'd win like this, but they did, and so now they're looking pretty strong here moving on uh, into next week. Now, our last game does include our player of the game, and it is Vista Ridge versus Windsor. Ooh, man. I do not know how you could give... A player of the week, at least on the 4A level, award to somebody other than Braden Dorman. Because here's what happened. Vista Ridge wins in a thrilling comeback, beating Windsor 26-20. Braden Dorman earns a signature win as far as career careers go. Like This is a signature win on his high school football career. He throws for, well, he goes for 18 uh, of 31, completes 18 out of 31 passes for 318 uh, passing yards and four passing touchdowns and had one pick. That one pick was at the beginning. At one point, Vista Ridge was down by 17 points. They were losing 17 to 0 at one point, but Vista Ridge storms back against a tough Windsor team that always plays teams physical and wins. And so I'm going to read off some of these stat lines from uh, Vista Ridge's receivers. B.B. Hills, Brandon Hills caught six passes for 138 yards and three touchdowns. Um, Kaishon Bridges grabbed three passes for 83 yards and a touchdown. And then Keyshawn Dooley grabbed four passes for 85 yards. So a great team win for Vista Ridge. A great win against a very quality opponent in Windsor as Vista Ridge heads into this next week into our game of the week to play Dakota Ridge, the Battle of the Ridges. That is our game of the week. But for now, their quarterback, Vista Ridge's quarterback, Braden Dorman wins for a player of the week in this week one of this 2021 Colorado football season. Taking care of business. You love to see that get done. Oh, and sorry, before before I go into 5A, let me go ahead and talk about one more 4A game that I actually attended. Falcon versus Aurora Central in Aurora, Colorado. Falcon won this one, um, a pretty close one, 14-6, despite Aurora Central having multiple big plays on offense. At the end of the day, you know, they just had way too many turnovers, bad turnovers at that uh, when they were so close and just couldn't get it done. They only scored one touchdown in the fourth quarter. Falcon, on the other hand, looked pretty solid. Um, their rushing offense was on full display between quarterback Cam Robinette, running back Darius McFarland, and then Carter Thorpe, the backup quarterback that I talked to, actually got a good number of carries. And he ate. He did a nice job uh, versus Aurora Central. And so this three-headed uh, backfield here looks pretty good um, running against Aurora Central. Now, there were definitely a couple times where... They could have scored more here or there, or there are some opportunities where, you know, the play calling just wasn't it and whatnot, um, and that cost them scoring opportunities, but they still get it done. They only attempted one pass, at least that's what I counted, all game, uh, Falcon that is, which was a pick, and so... 
that you know that sucks but uh Darius McFarland though he actually daggered Aurora Central he had a fantastic run that basically ended the game it was like a 50 plus yard run at the end of the fourth quarter to go ahead and win it for Falcon High School so you love to see that uh, I just want to shout out these players here that I saw for Aurora Central that stood out to me uh running back Simeon Veasley uh he did number one that is he did a very good job um you know he was moving the sticks doing his thing uh Kyrese Kirby I want to say he's either a receiver or a running back but he did a lot you know, number 11, that's a name to keep an eye out for. Got a lot of yards for them and scored their only touchdown. He was running the ball. He was catching it. He was doing it all. So he was doing a pretty good job there. Um, Marcus Howard, number three. He's a huge tight end, 6'6", 250. Had a big catch near the end of the second. That kind of set up a red zone situation, which unfortunately they just couldn't convert. Um, they ended up throwing a pick there. And then number eight, Brandon Weatherford. Uh, made a pretty big impact on defense. He was all over. So you love to see that. On Falcons' side, obviously you had the backfield I talked about. But Josiah Sanders, uh, linebacker for Falcon, he did a pretty good job for them as well. And so a tough game. You know, only 14-6, to six, but Falcon comes out with the dub. Aurora Central, they have some pieces there. They have some guys who are shifty and who could run, but it's about putting it together, and so we'll see how that goes for them. They are a pretty young squad. But if that is it, and I think that is it, we're going to go ahead and talk about the 5A level games uh, right now. All right, let's go ahead and talk 5A games here. So the game of the week was a 5A game. It was Fairview versus Boulder. We'll talk about that um, after we talk about all of these games because also our player of the game, our, or sorry, our player of the week slash, I guess, player of the game as well uh, came from that Fairview game. And so we'll talk about that later with Mason Austin. For now, let's go ahead and uh, recap some of the bigger games in 5A. And so on Thursday, um, kind of kicking this off here, Grandview wins a thriller versus Pomona. They beat him. 30 to 29 after being down 7 to 20 in the third quarter you know they went ahead and Grandview that is went ahead and made it pretty competitive quarterback Liam oh my gosh I think it's Zarska Zarka feel free to you know um, correct me there but the their quarterback Grandview's quarterback was pretty impressive led a lot of game or not game winning drives I guess but a lot of scoring drives and eventually the game winning drive as well in that last drive, he would score off of a QB sneak, which, you know, at, even to start, wasn't the prettiest QB sneak. But uh, despite all that, Grandview, with the help of their quarterback, came in and upset Pomona. Or, I, I don't know if it's an upset, but they beat a tough Pomona squad 30-29. to Now, it's important to keep in mind both of these teams have new head coaches as well, first-year head coaches. And so, um, for them, for Grandview to win this game, that's pretty big. And Pomona, you know, they're always going to be a good squad. And so, that's a quality win for Grandview here. Moving on, though, going on to the Friday night light games, the Friday night games. Uh, Valor, they beat Regis Jesuit 24-6. Gavin Sawchuk, uh, they're the, one of the top players in the state and uh, their best running back for Valor Christian. He went for 154 rushing yards on 32 carries and snagged a touchdown. Um, 
Valor quarterback, senior quarterback, that is Colts and Allen. He went 13 for 26 for 145 passing yards and two passing touchdowns. No picks at all. And then on top of that, Valor's defense just stifled uh, this Regis Jesuit offense. Uh, despite them having a lot of opportunities, kind of or close to the red zone a number of times. And so, you know, Regis Jesuit had a couple of times to score here. Unfortunately, they didn't. And they didn't even score at all in the second half. And so, Valor, they get a pretty good dub against Regis Jesuit on that Friday night. So, there you go. Um, I'm not going to talk about this one a lot. But Cherry Creek, they will go ahead and beat Doherty 42-0. Don't allow a score. Uh, they actually announced their starting quarterback on that Friday, Christian Hammond, the brother of uh, Julian Hammond. He was the quarterback for Cherry Creek these last couple years and also is now a basketball player over at CU. And so... The Christian Hammond era basically starts with the dub versus Doherty, 42-0. Columbine beats Denver East, 42-21. Uh, their running back, Seth Cromwell, went for 152 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. He was their player of the game for Columbine, and so very good game there. A uh, very physical game there. Cherokee Trail um, goes off against Mullen, beating them. Uh... 35-24 to 24 in a thriller. And so they were down to Mullen actually 17-6 to 6 in the second quarter with 10 minutes left. And then had a huge second quarter and ended up leading 21-17 to 17 by halftime. And then after that, this is kind of how it went. Mullen's Jackson Heil or Jackson Heel. He had a 40-yard touchdown run to take back the lead for Mullen. Then Cherokee Trail would respond with the... St- with a 60-yard uh, touchdown pass in the third quarter to take the lead, 28-24. to And then once again in the fourth quarter, Cherokee Trail would score another touchdown pass to win a thriller versus Mullen, 35-24, to getting a very quality win there. So, there you go. Now, our player of the week comes from this next game, Boulder versus Fairview. Me and the entire Playmakers crew was there. And we're going to talk about that coming up next. What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I am your co-host today, Simon Villanos, along with uh, my other co-host here. Go ahead and introduce yourself, man. If uh, I don't know. I feel like people should know you by now, but go ahead and introduce yourself. Um, I'm here. I'm Mason Austin. And he's my other co-host, um, actually Cody's cousin, and he usually helps us breaking down linemen and stuff. And uh, he's going to be going to a lot of these games. And so us two here were half of the PMC crew that went to that Fairview-Boulder showdown in Boulder. The first uh, game of the season for both teams, and obviously the rivalry uh, game uh, between these two teams, which is a good one. And so... On this uh, on this uh, episode, Mason and I are going to talk about this game of the week that we have here. And so uh, I'm just going to start off. I've never been inside uh, Boulder High School Stadium before. Is it Cre- Christian Wrecked uh, Stadium, Mason? Is that right? Yeah, that's the stadium we were at. Yeah. And so I've I've never been there before. But Mason, you've played in there before, isn't that right? Yeah, I played there once against Boulder and. God, it's a pretty stadium. Oh, yeah, especially when the sun is setting. Like, oh, it was perfect. We had some uh, great clips there. But 
regardless, you know, we went there. It was packed. There were a ton of people. The student sections on both sides were hopping in. So the vibes were on point for this game. But let me go ahead and kind of go into how 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 this game broke down. And so uh, if you are listening to this, you will probably already know that Fairview did end up beating Boulder 42 to 21. But despite the score, it was definitely a closer game um, than uh, than the score shows. And so here's kind of how it started out. Uh, first off, shout out to our guy, Beckham Kritza. He has been rocking with the podcast for a really long time now. He was one of our first middle schoolers that we got to do a breakdown on. And, you know, for him to improve so much uh, in this past year that we've been able to witness and for him to become the starting quarterback for these Fairview Knights is, uh, is pretty phenomenal, especially because Fairview runs a pretty complicated offense. And so Beckham Kritza in his first varsity start, uh, he faces off with Boulder High School. Beckham is only 15, by the way, Mason, which is pretty wild to me. Homeboy can't even drive. So there you go. But here's kind of how this uh, this game got started started and so the energy was already there it was hopping but uh, Beckham was able to lead the Knights to their first score uh, of the night on the first drive and so he started off by throwing a touchdown to another freshman uh, Jordan Rochelle we're gonna go with Rochelle for now if it's wrong then you know Jordan feel free to come on to the podcast but uh, so we got it going uh, throwing to Jordan first and then after that I believe we we came to the game kind of late. I'm not even gonna lie. And then Boulder ended up scoring a rushing touchdown. Yeah, right, Mason. Yeah. Yeah. So. In. Go ahead. Yeah, they ran it in, and I believe it was number thirty that got that one. Uh, Declan Colberson. Yeah, Declan. Declan. So yeah, uh, Declan got that one in. So it was a tied seven-seven to start off um and then going into the second quarter it was kind of when things started picking up a bit here more so beckham then ended up throwing another touchdown to the nebraska commit and one of the highest rated uh, athletes in all of colorado i think the highest rated highest rated athlete in all of colorado uh grant page he is committed to nebraska and so we got him on a nice little corner out there setting it up uh and you know beckham he made a great throw grant he just didn't drop it and uh, they they got an easy touchdown there then after that um boulder continued to kind of struggle offensively uh i think fairview got the ball and they're driving and then something happened with beckham i the refs were kind of weird like i'm not even gonna lie Throughout this whole game, but something happened to Beckham. He had to come out of the game. Um, do you remember what that was for, Mason? It wasn't like he was hurt or anything. No, so they called him for a delay of game because his pants were too far pulled up over, like his knee pad was pulled over his knee because he ran outside the pocket and it pulled over his knee. Yeah, so so there you go. So he had to come out. Um, but they were kind of already in the red zone. And so they went ahead and went wildcat with Grant Page. He ran it in, getting his second touchdown of the day. And so basically, they were up, was it 28-7 to seven going into the second half? Right, Mason? Yeah, so going into halftime, they yeah. up 28-7. Okay, yeah. So so they was they was going it kind of looked like this game was out of hand already. You know, this Panthers uh, offense was just not working out, you know, and they it just wasn't working out. But 
Boulder, they, they made it pretty interesting, not even going to lie. They made it pretty interesting, starting off with a huge run by that running back, Declan Colberson. He had like a 40-yard touchdown run. I think, oh, man, it was just beautiful. He had a beautiful spin move to start it off, and then at that point, it was just a foot race, and it was just fun to watch. And so that kind of got them going, made it 28-14. to 14. And then um, Fairview was kind of just struggling to get going. I think at one point, Grant Page had to come out of the game, and then another player got hurt, and he had to come out of the game. And so this offense was kind of just off. Um, not even going to lie, even though Beckham did start pretty hot, you know, he, he kind of got a little cold uh, when um, things started going down in the third quarter. Uh, just not – like, I mean, he was making the right reads, but he was just not like – the timing was just not there. Uh, all of a sudden, the third quarter. So there's definitely a little bit of panic. And then and then Boulder, you know, to kind of end the third quarter, kind of caught uh, Fairview off guard. And while Grant Page was out of the game, well, wait, no, Grant Page was still in the game, right? I think by then he came back. Yeah, no, they, uh, they attacked the opposite safety. They attacked number one, Ben Anderson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right, you're right. Um, good looks, yeah. So they, they went after the opposite safety he was just i i don't know he was just out of place because uh, they caught him with a seam route and you know they just threw it up the seam and that was like a 65 yard touchdown uh from their quarterback justin to luke zana to make it an interesting 28 to 21 game by this time both crowds are going well not both crowds really just the boulder crowd the fairview crowd was pretty shocked not even going high but the boulder crowd was going wild at this point as they were heading into the fourth quarter 28 to 21 um i think it's important to keep in mind here that fairview i don't think has lost to boulder in their last 15 matchups so if they're to lose here this would have been the first loss and almost 15 games, almost 15 years, which is wild. You have some NFL players, some guys who went to the NFL, you'd never lost to Boulder. And so there, there you go. You know, so there's kind of a lot on the line here. But, you know, Fairview, um, they, they hung in there. You know, they eventually got it back together. They're running back Cole, Cole Naismith. He broke off a 40-yard touchdown run, making it a 35-21 to 21 game with about seven-ish, six minutes left in the game, I believe. And then they kind of got hit with a lightning delay. Um, I think there was like four minutes left in the game, right, Mason? I could have been wrong, though. Yeah, it was roughly about four minutes when the lightning delay hit and they had to get off the field. Yeah, and by that point... I mean, we had we all had a long drive home, so we had kind of had to dip out a little bit early. But uh, Beckham eventually actually connected with that freshman wide receiver, uh, Jordan Rochelle, for his second touchdown, uh, Rochelle's second touchdown of the night to make it 42 to 21. Fairview once again wins. They go on next week on the road to take on Castleview, while Boulder goes ahead and hosts Rocky Mountain High School. But altogether. A pretty good game. They made it really interesting in the second half. Um, it was kind of, it was definitely a back and forth game. You kind of saw the impact that Grant Page has had on this game because I believe he also had an interception. Is that right? I, in like the second quarter, first quarter. Yeah, it was the second quarter, right in between uh, his. It was between Beckham throwing his touchdown and the Beckham having to come out for Grant Page to run it in the Wildcat. Yeah. So. There you go. And so for that reason, I mean, this is pretty obvious. I, I guess there is probably an argument for Beckham to be the, you know, the 5A player of the week, I guess. Uh, but 
I'm going to go ahead and give it to Grant Page, 5A Player of the Week. You know, two touchdowns, one receiving, one rushing, and an interception. That's as complete as it gets, you know. And plus in a rivalry game like this, too, helping out your freshman quarterback and kind of a younger Fairview team, that's uh, that's kind of hard to argue. And so that's why I'm naming him my last Player of the Week, um, the 5A Player of the Week, Grant Page. So there you go. But uh, Mason, do you have anything you kind of want to add on here? I know you're more of a lineman guy, so you are watching the line a lot for both of these teams too. Um, and then just other stuff that you had in mind as well that you want to bring up. Yeah, so I want to start by saying that these refs were calling holding calls left and right that impacted Fairview a lot more than it impacted the other team, even though I saw yes. holding on both sides. And, you know, like, it felt honestly like a one-sided affair, but these refs were definitely lacking. There's a couple times where they called holding on someone where I saw him pancake him. So I'm like, it's not quite a holding call. But uh, let's start with Boulder. Number 68, Josh Clark. I watched him do some very good pass pro, but in the run pro, I saw him lack. And Boulder runs a lot. Like, Obviously, number 30 is their running back, and I'm pretty sure that's, like, their offensive, like, statement is who they use. And he was lacking in the the run game. He's letting some of the smallest linemen and linebackers get past him. Uh, And then on the opposite side of the ball, going over to Fairview, number 51, Jack Remington. I watched him pancake about two guys. Uh, He didn't let up a single, like, Single person get past him on pass pro. Like, he is a solid, solid lineman. Uh, for I think he plays left tackle, if I remember right. And then their right guard, number 77, Nick Worcester. Uh, he, he was killing it in the run game. Every time they handed the ball off, he was leading the charge. Uh, so it's definitely cool to see Fairview had some definitely some big linemen. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, but I thought they were kind of lacking on the defensive side of the ball on size-wise, but they were definitely bringing the rush, but I watched them rush, like, at least one linebacker every play. So, I don't know. They were running, they were rushing three and then bringing a linebacker, so that's kind of what I saw during the game. Yeah. Do you think that'll be a problem Moving forward, it kind of didn't seem like they were able – I mean, first off, Boulder runs the ball a lot, so it's not like they could have gotten a lot of a pass rush, but it definitely felt like they were uh, – this Fairview defense was lacking just a little bit here, if I'm being completely honest. They were lacking a little bit here. So did you feel like um, – do you feel like that's going to be a problem moving forward against, like, Centennial League teams? Oh, most definitely. The Centennial League teams, they run – a lot more complicated rushing schemes. They pull more and like they execute. I've watched many, 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 many Centennial teams like execute blocks like they should. And if if they don't pick it up on their pass rush and their, you know, play recognition, I don't think that they'll make it very far against any type of rushing team, such as like a Columbine. I don't think I don't think they would be fair very well because Columbine even brings like a fullback to block. So having a lead rusher as a fullback, if you get one guy through, that one guy is not going to make the play. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that, speaking of Columbine, we talked about them earlier. Their running back, Seth Cromwell, he he had a nice little game for himself. He's at least 220 as well. Well, he is 5'11", 220. So you, you end up, you know, 
going into the playoffs and facing teams like that, that could be a little bit of a problem here. Um, but for Fair- Fairview, honestly, they don't have the toughest schedule. And so they don't play actually any Centennial League team, surprisingly, in the regular season, which is uh, which is which is interesting. I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. I think offensively, I mean, obviously you have a freshman quarterback, and even then in this game he was a little raw at some points. Still played good, but he was raw at some points, and so uh, I think you'll figure that out on offense, and they'll be going. But defensively, uh, they gotta, I don't know, they gotta get something going. So. There you go. I felt personally, and this isn't any, you know, shade to Boulder. I didn't think they were that great of a team. I just felt like uh, Fairview kind of let them back in. And then, you know, the refs, they definitely were uh, calling a lot more calls to make it more of an even game. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, I could definitely agree with that. I think Boulder got one call all of the first half. And Fairview had one drive where they lost 40 yards because of two offense two they said one offsides two holding and they had one other penalty as well i think that was that sideline warning wasn't it yeah it was the sideline warning that was one thing i also noticed is fairview's fans seem a little rowdy like i understand they were winning but like they were throwing stuff on the field we had two people jump over the fence like yeah i mean boulder they had their own streaker as well that's yeah yeah they definitely so yeah but either way i mean come out with the dub i mean looking forward uh how do you feel about this fairview team mason like uh looking at their offense looking at what they did on defense you know and then being in the situation they were uh playing in this uh tough rivalry rivalry that they have you know and uh winning it how do you feel about this team moving forward is this uh I mean, I don't know if you've checked out other teams, but do you feel like this is a team that could definitely make some noise in the playoffs? I feel like I want to see a little bit more from their defense before I say that they can handle a centennial team. Um, You know, going up against like a Columbine, someone that has like a real tough running offense. That's what I'm afraid for them, because like I saw their their when they did throw it, they had that one six yard bomb that Boulder went by. And like, you know, one play going by, that's cool. But the rest of the time, they had a solid pass defense, but the rush was not there. So if they can get that rush up, I think that they can make some noise. But until they can prove that they can rush with the best of them, I see them getting blown out defensively. But their offense, I think, will hold up just fine. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, Also, by the way, uh, 13th straight victory for Fairview over Boulder, not 15th. 13th okay. Street. So, yeah, still a long – that's like 13 years. That's, <laughs> that's a, a while. Yeah, but uh, a great game regardless. Uh, oh, last thing. I, I'll, I'll talk about him right here because I feel like we haven't talked about him enough. Um, Beckham Kritza, I feel like as a freshman, he's already one of the best freshman quarterbacks in the state. Uh, first off, I don't know how many other freshmen are starting around the state, but he definitely – you know, he, he stepped up. And I, we've known what we – what he could do mason we've seen him train with epo and whatnot we've uh we followed him and whatnot for about a year and so we know what he's about but for him to go out there you know probably the biggest game of his life and adding on to that he probably hasn't played like a full capacity game in over two years yeah well he hasn't played a full capacity game in over two years and so for him to do what he did to stay composed now there were a couple close calls where he you know, through some passes that should have been picked. But 
other than that, I, I can't talk enough about how great he was and, you know, uh, looking into the future, uh, how much more he can be doing. You know, this was only his first game and he's just a freshman. So there's a lot uh, there's a lot in store for Beckham and this Fairview team moving forward. Uh, Mason, as we close up right here, you know, did, is there anything else you want to say about Beckham? Uh, some things that stood out to you about him? For a freshman, his pocket awareness was insane. He would step oh, yeah. up, move to the outside. He'd, he'd do a, he'd make a read, and then he would switch his eyes. You never seen his eyes move from downfield. He didn't just tuck the ball under and run like most of the people you see in Colorado. Like he would, he would hang in there and wait for it to happen. So seeing that alone was just like, wow, this kid, he's on that next level. So there's a huge ceiling for that kid, and we don't even know where that ceiling could potentially be. So. It's going to be fun to watch him for the next four years. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, yeah, you are right. His pocket awareness was fantastic. He was sliding in and out of that pocket really well, keeping his eyes downfield. That was something me and Cody got on him about uh, last year as a middle schooler and, you know, using his eyes to manipulate uh, defenses. And so um, love to see him, you know, do all these things. And, you know, looking forward to potentially coming back to Boulder for this game. Low-key. I would not mind going to a Fairview Boulder game every year uh, in that stadium. Would you, Mason? Well, I assume it's in that stadium all the time, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's in that stadium all the time. And no, not at all. That stadium is beautiful. The crowd is rocking. Like, they're ready to go. They're 100% on their stuff. So it'd be cool to see it every year. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, but there you go. So that was uh, the game of the week. This next game of the week, I'm going to go ahead and announce it here. I said it earlier, but it will be Dakota Ridge versus Vista Ridge. Both of these teams had fantastic games uh, this past week. Vista Ridge winning a close one versus that Florida team, First Coast. And then Dakota Ridge uh, being led by Braden Dorman in a signature win uh, for this young quarterback's career. Coming back from down 17 uh, points. Uh, 17-0 actually, and then throwing like 300 yards and three touchdowns to get them the dub at the end of the day. And so that's our next game of the week right here in Colorado Springs. That should be a big one. Uh, this Fairview Boulder game, I feel like was like, it was all about the vibes, right? It was all about the crowd being wild and, you know, Beckham Kritz starting out. You have stars like Grant Page. You had some guys on Boulder, um, but obviously it kind of felt like Fairview was favored, favored uh, versus Boulder. But this game, Vista Ridge, Dakota Ridge, it could be anybody's game. Also a preview of the state championship. So that's going to be a fun one to to check out. And you should definitely check it out as well if you can. But uh, that will wrap this up. I have been your co-host, Simon Villanos. And I'm your co-host, Mason Austin. And this is episode 61. Make sure to catch us on social media. Show us some love. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Uh, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. We are getting that running and going. And thank you for rocking with us, and we'll catch you later. <laughs>